he his eyes changed to like behind me and he said who's that and i was like who's what he goes there's like a really big dark figure just standing behind you that wasn't me was it <laughs> i was like it's just not here <laughs> And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Half and Half Podcast. Hey. Dude, happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah. The day is upon us, our favorite holiday, and here we are working just for you guys. <laughs> I actually get excited to... I should be eating a shit ton of candy right now, but I'm working. That's what I was going to say. I get excited to give out candy. Um which is really weird. Like, why do I get excited about that? Because Halloween's awesome. You want to see all the cute little kids and the costumes. I'm the opposite. My wife, this year, you know, my kids are older now. This is probably the last year for trick-or-treating. But Like she, taking them to trick-or-treat? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was last year. No. I Well, I thought. Because <laughs> I said that last yeah. year, too, right? And this year, I was like, what's up, buddy? What do you want to do? He's like, Dad, are you high? I was like, all right. We're oh, gonna wow. Do it. That's cool. But my wife opted to stay home, and she's always wanted to pass out candy. Our houses, our house, well, both of our houses that we'd lived in, mm-hmm. um, very elaborate on the Halloween decorating. So she feels bad that we're like cock teases, dude. Like pe- little kids are running by our house and fucking wah, wah, nobody's there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? So this year she's going to stay home and pass out candy. No, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to it. Um, and then I always make a point to get the good stuff because I'm like... I'm going to be eating this shit too. Right. It's got to be the good stuff. Whatever's left over or whatever you're picking at while you're passing them out. You guys get a lot of trick-or-treaters in your neighborhood? Actually, so this is our third third year there. But the first year was the pandemic. Oh, you're right. Or actually, no, no, I take that back. Oh, no, yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Then last year wasn't very much because again, like... Well, like I was telling you, like we're the one of the only ones that decorate. Yeah. So it was like, it was weird. Instead of seeing kids coming up the street because you know walking, yeah, it was like cars would like pull up and like get out and get the candy and then get back in the car and leave and not go anywhere else because it seemed like nobody else was giving out candy. Yeah. So, but I've heard from neighbors that in past years that it used to get crazy packed. That uh, one neighbor even said that they used, that there was a year where they actually like buses showed up full of kids. Really? Yeah. But I don't know. You know, it's kind of weird this year. Um, not too many people are decorating. Normally, yeah. my my de- my um, my neighborhood we have a lot of uh, trick or treaters and a lot of people decorating. But this year, for whatever reason. Not a lot of people decorated. That's what I was telling my wife. It's fucking and sad. She, I don't remember what she said, um, but I was like, no, you can't tell me that there's... She, she tried saying no, that it's the same as always. I'm like, no, fuck no. Nobody is decorating at no. all. No, I'll agree with you. Like I said, the block behind me or in front of me, but the block over, there was always these elaborate houses and mm-hmm. fucking... You can see them driving right you're coming up um this one certain street you can see their house from afar Mm -hmm. nothing dude it makes me wonder why i don't know Mm. like am i the weirdo because i love to decorate or are you the weirdo because you're just like well but how all of a sudden yeah 
um, you know, I think to myself, well, maybe people are on a tight budget, but then I realized there's also seems to be like a lot of people that used to decorate, obviously still have decorations that right. are just choosing not to do it. I feel like people are just, uh, we live in a very weird time where I think people are just angry I, I and don't want to do those things anymore. Is it that? I or, don't know. You know, it's just weird. Dude. That's, I mean, that's just, I, I try to rationalize it in my head yeah. and that's all I can think about. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. That's the only explanation I can come up with. You might be right. I, but whatever the reason is, it fucking sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love being in the Halloween spirit, but when people are fucking being boring about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I love do. I love just driving around um, and looking at houses. Yeah, you but know you know, know what? I mean? The people that do decorate now seem to be a little bit more elaborate, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I hate how people are showing off. I, I couldn't get one of those fucking skeletons this year. Oh, God. There's people that have two. Two or three of them. Dude, I've been, yeah, I'm, I've been trying for the last couple of years to get one. But now that I see that there are people with them, I'm kind of like, ah, maybe I don't need it anymore. I'm going to steal one like normal people. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so what's up? Well, it's been, what, a couple of weeks? I know we were supposed to get together on thir- on Friday, but um, I had jury duty. And I got called into training. Yeah. yeah. So... Here we are, though. We we did say we were going to do Halloween. So yeah, and, this, and last year we didn't get to do Halloween Day, so today we do. Yeah, and that's cool, it's right? Cool. Yeah. So um, let's get. Um, I think we should just get on to the scary stuff. So you want to just tackle, or our, do you want to just do the results first and then get on to the scary well, stuff? Well, if I could finish, <laughs> can I finish? Can I finish? Can, can I finish? I finish? Can I finish? <laughs> yeah, let's get the shit out of the way. We'll get our results out of the way. All right, and then we'll get on to the scary stuff in celebration of. Halloween. Sounds good. So, you want to go first? You want me to do the chat first? What do you want to do? Uh, let's do the results first. Okay. And I say you give me your results first. All right. So, to, to recap last, um, last episode, I challenged Paul to listen to Lush, and he challenged me to listen to Pantera. Yep. And I had told you and our listeners that I... Um, I'm not oblivious to Pantera. I like Pantera. Right. Um, Far Beyond Driven is the album that I love the most. Vulgar Display of Power is probably number two. Um, but I honestly didn't take any notes because uh-huh. I can just sum it up into three words. Okay. I love it. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, okay. What was your approach? Did you do the, the, the regular approach of starting at the beginning? No, I just shuffled this one, to be honest with you, because oh, I, okay. I didn't have the time to. Because you caught me on. The week before is what we call our hell week. So mm-hmm. I do nothing but straight days. And then I had that training. What about the gay days? How are those? Oh, those are everyday months. <laughs> I tell you what, there's no breaks. <laughs> I fit that in forever. <laughs> but yeah, I do. I love it. It really, it really brought home to me though. I don't know if you remember this, but th- this has to tie in with, you know, the results, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want people to think I'm just going off. Um, a few years ago, you were living at a certain house mm-hmm. by your mom, mm-hmm. and you had your small studio set up, mm-hmm. and you wrote this one riff. And I always tell you, that's your fucking dime bag riff. I know you don't remember what the riff sounds like now, but you have it buried in one of your computers. Mm-hmm. And listening to Pantera this whole time made me realize how much of a riffer you are, right? And I'm like, this is exactly why I fucking love him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not saying you, you sound just like Dimebag. You have your own style. 
but it's nothing but fucking riffs and i love it yeah you know what i mean yeah i mean um what's his name in the song this is love love what's it called uh, this love this love that's yeah. still my all-time favorite pantera song really ever fucking written hmm. yeah so yeah i mean there's not much to say other than i love it there was it's not like it was new to me right like i didn't i had never heard pantera or more than two songs you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i love it I, I forgot actually how much i love them all right we're back we're back technical difficulties everybody it happens so you love this love yes that's a great song so let me ask you this though did you listen to the last album that they did i don't know if i did i just shuffled so whatever came on it was because i struggle listening to that last album not that i don't like it it has good songs but i think i don't know if you knew this or not but like they weren't even that song that album wasn't even written as a band like the band even recorded separately from um phil's the singer's um parts everything was just completely separate so i don't know when i listen to it it just seems it's just not on par with the other albums i don't know what it was so is this the album called reinventing the steel yeah yeah okay it's a good album don't get me wrong it's just i don't know there's just something about it that maybe because i'm not like okay i can tell if one of my favorite bands are writing separately right mm-hmm. so maybe i couldn't tell because i didn't know the history all that well you know what i mean yeah i don't know it, again it's it's a good album there's good parts but it doesn't to me it's like doesn't even come close to comparing to everything else right well, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, I'll go back and just give that album an official listen to. Yeah, I'm curious to what you think. Yeah. But overall, man, I mean, like I said, I, I'm not surprised that I love them as much as... It just, it kind of brought it back for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I, I, I didn't realize how much I knew about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, they're, they're great. I mean, their influence on, on rock is very evident to me now you know what i mean when people have always mentioned how great pantera was with um their their riffing and just the little things that vinnie paul did though they're not complex mm-hmm. they just fucking made that that pantera sound you know mm-hmm. what i mean right right yeah and then uh phil i thought it was like his vocals were like they were the again they're a good example of the perfect meshing of people uh, yeah groups i agree the his um i get yeah there's screams right like mm-hmm. it's it's crazy what he does with his voice yeah you know effortlessly at that because you watch him do it live or on stage and it's like fucking nothing so pantera for me was a huge influence i mean i saw them live four times really when they were together yeah. they came here four times yeah yeah oh, uh, one with rob zombie with white zombie with uh i think it was anthrax and then i don't remember the other one but yeah really? seen them four times was it anthrax yeah i think it was anthrax um yeah they're you know i mean i don't really listen to them as much as i used to i'll throw on a song here and there every now and again um but you know growing up playing guitar being a kid when i first heard them i was like 10 years old you know what I mean? 11 years old around there. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe older. 
eh, maybe like 12, 13. And uh, again, it was just, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was huge for me because I was hearing not only his riffs, his guitar riffs and how unique they were, but listening to his guitar tone, that was huge for me because it was just like, how does he sound so great? Um, I remember when I heard them, I was already kind of at that point where I was like over solos, hearing them all the time. Mm -hmm. I was more about the rhythm and the riff. And, um, but when I started hearing his solos and how he did them, they were done differently. He actually put like somewhat like kind of like effects on his solo, like Mm -hmm. like a little bit of chorus or whatever. Right. Like there was just something different about it or he used, um, um, just something he just did something different from the typical like metallica for example where when he does a guitar solo it's like just wah the whole way through or whatever um i don't know it was just very transformative in my mind in terms of like the way i saw how guitar should be played right so it was it just kind of uh, opened my eyes to possibilities yeah what i what i loved about or love about pantera i um years ago years 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 many moons ago there was a documentary i don't know if it was like the vh1 behind the music i don't remember mm-hmm. but um phil and Samuel was talking about how they got their sound mm-hmm. and what i loved about what he said ties into what i love about hip-hop i don't know if you remember a few episodes back i went on to the history of the breakbeat mm-hmm. what's the same thing Pan, uh phil and Samuel said you know you have all these bands and there's that one great part the breakdown right the breakdown and he calls it the the money riff mm-hmm. and he's like so with us we just said well, let's just make the whole damn song the money riff right right and that's how they and that's how they went with yeah. it you know what i mean so it's like that's just that constant fucking awesome downbeat breakbeat style the whole time right you know? and so that was done on purpose right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that, that always stuck out with me for them yeah it's just there's just such a good band i mean together those dudes were just I mean, it was meant to be. And suppose, and there's a reunion somehow, right? Yeah. Um, but both brothers, Zach Wild and uh, Charlie, I forgot his last name, from Anthrax are going to be playing. Yeah, I love, um, I love dad stories. I'm very close to my dad, right? And um, same thing. I, th- I think it was that same documentary. Um, they were telling the story of you know everyone growing up and diamond vinnie were big kiss fans mm-hmm. but like their dad was at the center of everything painted their faces took them to the concerts oh, bought really? them their instruments yeah oh, i didn't even know that yeah their dad was at the forefront of just supporting them big time that's awesome yeah um so yeah i'm well i'm glad you like them yeah i, I still do think you should really give that later album a really good listen yeah i'm going to now that now that you <clears throat> just curious to see what you think as uh, you know about it separately right you know what i mean yeah um but uh all right so moving on to lush i didn't write a lot of, of stuff so here's the thing i threw on lush and instantly i like it right mm-hmm. i like lush like again i can't name a song i can't like yeah. you know and so i'm like oh this is cool and i know you're probably not gonna like this but I couldn't, um, it was very difficult for me. I, for whatever reason, I could not find myself being able to say like, oh, that's a good vocal line or that's a cool riff or like, 
how can I say it? Like musically, it kind of just like all blends together and it makes for like a really good song. If Tony can see me right now, I'm blinking very fast. <laughs> he, knows what, he knows why I'm blinking fast. <laughs> it's a very good song. They're good songs. They're, but they start to kind of bleed together, which is probably why I've never been able to like, be like, oh, that's a Lush song. So I, but I listened very, very, um, um, intently mm-hmm. and um, I started going through and I feel like as I went through it the song started to become a little bit more um, distinct yeah. I guess like it's weird like it's inevitable like that when you hear them like you're like oh that's lush like you just know because there's not really anybody that sounds like them there's people that sound like influenced by them yeah. if that makes any sense but I found I really struggled. No matter, I went through song, through song, through album, through album, and I really struggled to be like to pick out a song to be like, yeah, I like this song more than I liked song number one. Yeah, like I, dude, I really struggled. Like I struggle I, with that because I just love everything they do. No, no, that's what I'm saying is like every song I loved. Yeah, like I was like, this is great. But there was just nothing distinct about their songs. I can I can hum you like ninety riffs right now. <laughs> well, like for me, like for example, like when I think about like the Cure. Yeah. You hear a love song, you know that song from like, um, I don't know, dude. You like dun 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 dun. Oh, no, I just dun 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 dun. It made me made me realize like. And it might be a weird comparison and I don't know if you'll agree with this but I started thinking about like how I see like war paint is almost like the modern lush in a weird way but the difference between war paint and lush is that I felt like war paint really does have very distinct songs and I don't mean because war paint's not shoegaze at all I mean in terms of like just female fronted that raw um that vibe yeah that that you can that you get when you hear the songs but i just dude i struggled i really struggled to like separate the songs from each other i guess that's the best way to say it yeah again it doesn't mean i didn't like it i loved it i think it's really good but i realized and you're gonna hate that i'm gonna say this right now i'm gonna walk out of here (laughs) i realized like to me it's good background music it's really? not like I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to thump this music. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm blinking was... really fast right now. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I didn't dislike it. Oh, I just yeah, I, I just you... was like, it, it all kind of just started. It, it's almost like this one big blur. Wow. Okay. I don't know. It's weird. It's it's it was it was very difficult for I even started writing notes and like I didn't even know how to put it in words as I was writing my notes on it. Yeah. It, I mean it makes sense. Don't get me wrong. Yes, you're right. They're not like this grand band, right? With with huge fucking dynamics. I I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But man. <laughs> like to say nothing stuck out. Like fucking Desire Line is like one of the best songs, a real slow song. No. The the only thing I could think of as I was going through it is perhaps it had something to do with the production quality, even though I know that's what they're going for. Uh, I, I, you're going to do it. Got him. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, um, I just recorded this band 
uh, a few days ago. We just wrapped up, okay? And they're very rock, 60s sounding. Yeah. And their whole intent of their sound, and I keep using that word, is like, I hate my, I hate it when I, I, I use a word, and for whatever reason, everything I say, I get stuck on using that word again. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways. Um, if anybody could see Paul, his hands are on fire right <laughs> now. <laughs> so these guys, they wanted like a dirty... Yeah. Uh, sound like you know the old school sound right. everybody sets up plays at the same time records basically what we call live you're recording live yes they're playing yeah. as a band instead of one by one right i mean we still did one by one eventually but yeah but they were there was no click track there's yeah. you know and so it was fun it was like a very fun project to do and um it was just it was just a good time it yeah. was i had a really good time with it but anyways when it was all said and done um i got one of the best compliments i think that a music producer can get and it came from my sister-in-law who um selena hey selena um hey, you know she said that when they were listening to it at the shop she was like i was able to hear every single instrument clearly yeah which is what the goal is right right and i feel like with lush not that you can't hear every instrument clearly i feel like it it's the recording quality well, brings it all to this i'm gonna say jumbled let me, let me interrupt you there i don't think it's the production quality it's the effects because the, yeah. the, the shoegaze genre for guitar players heavy reverb heavy chorus you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it's very cathedral right like right it's that holly right it's got that hall sound so i think you're you're that's what you're getting because yes you do get lost in like heavy effect mm -hmm. right because it sounds very droney very swoony right you see what i'm saying so like yeah yeah i think that's what you're that's what and you're, it could you're be the at. fact that back then so it's gonna get a little technical so i don't want to bore anybody i'm already bored <laughs> <laughs> nowadays when you do like a delay for example yeah you sync it with the actual BPMs of the song. Right. And it's so it sounds perfect. And which is why you want to, you know, use a click track, for example, you want it to be to where everything is lined up perfectly. And right. so pleasing mm -hmm. back then you couldn't do that back. Then, I mean, you could, yeah. but a lot of bands didn't, and then you couldn't do it in post. You couldn't fix it if they did it wrong. Right. So sometimes when you have delays and reverbs all kind of meshing together, it can become a little messy. And yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that is part of it. Yeah, because their shoegaze, again, is very effects-driven, right? Yeah. Really holly. So we know as... I'm not a music producer, but I'm a musician. So we know as... And when you say holly, he means H-A-L-L. -L. Yeah, like a hall. Sorry. <laughs> like a giant hall. You know what I mean? The, the very... The, the echo, the, the... You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's... It's very driven that way. Mm -hmm. So it muddles a lot of things. Right. You know what I mean? And when you have both guitar players with that sound... Right. It gets kind of... And then her vocals are very... Amazing. Go on. No, her vocals are great, <laughs> but again, like also, they were not like up front, yeah, like center stage. The way you want a, a vocal to come through right. on a, on a recording, they were also very mixed, very low into yeah. those mixes. Well, I mean, go back to my my bloody Valentine. It's the same way, right? Like yeah. you can't really tell. I'm not that you can't tell what she's saying, but there's no like, it's not a melody vocal driven style of music. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's why I struggled. 
you know it always reminds me of uh, I love shoegaze it's one of my favorite genres mm -hmm. and uh, my buddy Tony at work he likes shoegaze also and one day he was like we were talking about Fugazi mm -hmm. I fucking love Fugazi and I, I don't know how we got on it he's like dude we should start a band and we should call it Shoegazi <laughs> <laughs> You know where Shoegaze got its name from, right? Where? I, actually, I was wondering that. They say people who play that genre of music are mm -hmm. sad, melancholic type people. Right. And they're always just looking downwards. So they're just, people say they're, they're gazing at their shoes. Uh. <laughs> so it's called Shoegaze. Interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting how it's like an actual genre. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Hmm. Very distinct. I got into a little heated uh, debate with my little brother. Uh jason fuck over, jason <laughs> over uh genres and um well he's the one that got heated i was not heated i was just trying to get my point across there's no need to get heated when you're <coughs> when you're right that's what i tell people why aren't you mad because i'm right i'm uh, not gonna argue with but you. it was actually it wasn't music genres it, well we talked a little bit about music genres we were talking more about like movie genres mm -hmm. and i just hate how the same thing with music has happened where you have so many sub-genres, oh, and it, it just becomes, like, stupid. And to me, I don't know. Anyways, I just thought about that. Oh, and, I agree uh, with you. But shoegaze, though, my which is my main point for bringing that up, shoegaze, I feel, has established itself as a pretty legitimate sound or genre that really, when you hear shoegaze... Um, band you can say yeah that's shoegaze oh absolutely you know yeah. as opposed to like post pop punk hardcore like yeah i don't all, know there's all this weird post shit to you kids but to us you're ripping off our music yeah. that we love exactly. there's no post just, yeah just, your just, post is that you're trying really hard to sound like somebody that did it 20 years before you thank you yeah it's not a post the shit's still around <laughs> yeah okay. exactly thank you uh so anyways but yeah but so that shoegaze sound is very distinct right. um and lush is obviously at the forefront i think of that movement yeah but, they've i mean shoegaze has been around for a very long time but yeah. they yeah they like before them oh uh, well yeah my bloody valentine oh that's right yeah Cock two twins are also considered Dude, yes that's true because you know what it's so funny you say that there's this one song from cockatoo twins that it's like i just love it so much i can't even remember what it's called but every time that song comes on but the other day the reason why i'm bringing that up is the other day it came on and for a second there i was like is this is it lush yeah, <laughs> like and i was like oh no that's not lush it's cockatoo twins yeah. it's such a good song i'll find it afterwards so i can show you yeah i like it's so good i would love to cover that song somehow uh, we need to be in a band to cover things man <laughs> okay <laughs> um but uh yeah anyway so yeah i mean my final thing is i i i really so I you're, love work, you're working on guitars you can have them in the background right you're cleaning the house you oh have of them in course the of course absolutely okay. i love that style of music i love the way they sound it's just not it, like i guess the most important thing is like you, I can't find myself singing along to their songs because I don't. There's no like distinct like. I'm gonna hit I don't you know. It's it. so shake, weird. Baby, shake. <laughs> no, I can fit you. Come on. It's, <laughs> it's fucking catchy. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like jazz. You know, when you're listening to improvised jazz, you know you don't know where it's gonna go. And I kind of felt the same way with Lush. I kind of felt like it all just kind of meshed production-wise and kind of even just the flow of it all. But not to say I don't like it. I do like it. Yeah. I actually like it a lot. I just, I 
can't sit there and um, I don't know. Well, no one's ever accused you of having good taste. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, but right. anyways, so overall, you like them? Yeah. I mean, you had heard them before, right? It's like with the Pantera thing. Mm-hmm. I knew who Pan, you know, obviously. Yeah. But um, I just wanted you to kind of. I'm trying to push you into that realm of to why you know you and I have known each other for fucking ever, mm-hmm. and the bands we do love together, we indulge in. But the bands that I love that you know I love, I want you to see why I love them, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. I was a lush head while you were a fucking Pantera head when we were in yeah, high school. Yeah, which is why it's a perfect. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why it was a perfect challenge. Yeah. Are we gonna challenge? Uh, do another? Present another I, challenge? Honestly, I didn't prepare anything. Oh, this time. Man, I was so excited to give you this next one. I could think of one. We'll think of it. Well, all right. Let's move on while I'm thinking about it. Move on to what? The chat. Oh, so all right. We're gonna end. The, we're gonna end the challenge results then, and then we'll go into the chat, and then we'll present another challenge. That's a weird formation change, Adrian. Okay. Well, you know what? Tell me a story then. Well, <laughs> okay. How about I just challenge you already? Go ahead. I'm going to talk about this band and what they mean to me. Oh, man. I'm so scared. growing up, mm-hmm. getting into metal music, getting into music that made me want to play guitar, mm-hmm. there's a group of bands that, and, and I don't think it's, it's, it's definitely not unique to me. Um, I think a lot of guitar players that started off around this time started in the same way. What ends up happening is, is that, let me go back. I remember during that time as a kid, I would listen to like metal bands and adults at the time thought that it was trash. You know, they thought it sounded, and I'm going to quote, my uncle said one time that my music sounded like somebody who was throwing a guitar down the stairs. Uncle Arthur said that? No, no, no. My other uncle. My On your mom's side? Yeah. Okay. And, um. I didn't understand that reference because for me as a guitar player, what really made me start to respect a lot of these artists was being able to, or trying, making an attempt to play the music. Mm -hmm. You think it sounds like, you, you don't realize the complexity until you sit there and try to learn it. Right. You see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. And so if you're not a musician and you're listening, I don't think you can truly appreciate the skill or what you're actually hearing to the same level of somebody that has attempted to learn it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what I'm trying to get at is that as a up and coming guitar player and trying to, to, to find my way and learn how to play guitar, you know, I gravitated towards those that were a little bit more complex because those were the ones that I had a bit more appreciation for. Mm-hmm. So, of course, naturally, it was like, um, you know, Metallica, Pantera, which we've already spoken about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those are bands that when I would listen to it, I couldn't just pick up a guitar and start playing it. I had to sit there and practice for days and days and days and sometimes even weeks to be able to even get halfway through a song. Right. Um, but that also is what helped to build not only my skill, right? Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it helped to build like my guitar playing character, if that makes any sense. Right. So this one band that I'm going to challenge you with is a band that was in that mix that I feel played a huge, a sig- very, very, very significant uh, role in how I play guitar, I think even today. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But this one, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Pantera, I'm gonna let the whole shuffle slide. But this one, I feel like you've gotta go from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. And listen to. I'll give you the album that you can listen to at least because I'll be honest, like the later albums, I haven't really given much listen to. And you, you, yours, you brought me the band that I want to give you because you're you're giving me history. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you my history. Okay. Cool. Okay, but go ahead. So this band is gonna be Megadeth. Ew, dude. Oh, gross. No, <laughs> it is not gross. It I'm is amazing. Kidding. It is a Megadeth was huge for me again you're you you are hitting i'm telling you dude i'd be in the shower I, i'm always thinking about you while i'm naked mm-hmm. and i would like. be like huh i wonder why he hasn't hit me with pantera yet mm. and i said huh i wonder why he hasn't hit me with megadeth yet <laughs> i don't know if you're just saving them but no of okay. course I, I there's certain bands that i'm already anticipating because if you noticed the history of these challenges i kind of started with like newer bands that i listened to that you don't didn't give a chance and now i'm kind of yeah. going back a little bit yeah and then we'll kind of i'm gonna do some in between some later okay yeah but um but megadeth do like again i think a lot of people's first um go-to is to listen to vocals right mm-hmm. and even though dave mustaine who for anybody listening, I'm sure everybody listening knows this. Dave Mustaine originated in Metallica. Yeah, he was, got kicked out. Yeah, in New York. Matter of fact, they I read an article. I, re- I read an article the other day where <clears throat> he was saying that he was pissed for a long time, and one of the reasons why he was pissed was because he knew that like Kirk Hammett was getting royalties for riffs that he actually wrote. Yeah. Um, but anyways, dude, when you sit down with a guitar in your hands and you try to learn certain bands um music megadeth was was a very challenging one for me right. very challenging which added to my appreciation for them not to mention like i just i i love them yeah. you know i liked his vocals you know i but again i'm wasn't a even back then i wasn't a vocal i wasn't really paying attention to the vocals i was yeah. paying attention to the music um i really want you to really focus on the album called peace cells peace cells it is my favorite album from them when i even to this day when i hear the beginning of that album son of a bitch this is a fucking discography <laughs> it's gonna take me a month well i only want you to go up to uh the countdown to extinction album okay. so you right there so from 85 to 92 because i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest um that's kind of when i stopped listening i didn't really care much after that because that's when i grew onto other things you know what i mean corn um that sounds- <laughs> <laughs> and okay. um what what year was countdown to extinction 92 oh okay yeah so rust and peace dude i would love to be in the in the room to, what are we gonna name this album i got it rust and peace <laughs> well it's actually what's banger. funny is that when you listen to his lyrics he's actually very political he's very like sensical in his lyrics and talking about like just the problems with the world and stuff um he's actually dave mustaine is like a smart motherfucking dude yeah very very smart very educated like maybe not traditionally educated actually i think he kind of is but he knows his shit he's yeah. not just like a dummy that's just well, like that's a lot of people seeing about death and stuff like i'm smart as fuck i don't have a degree no i know but what i'm saying is like he <laughs> he he, he trans 
he translates his intellect into his lyrics. Yeah. So actually, and I'm a lyrics guy. So you're if you're trying to turn me on <laughs> and get amped up for this challenge, okay, I'm in. It's. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. Again, I I know who Metallic uh, Megadeth is. Yeah. I know the story. You know what I mean? Symphony of Destruction. Like I've heard their music. I can actually listen to Megadeth. Um, go back and listen to Megadeth. And tolerate it more than I can going back and listening to Metallica. Really? Yeah. Just because there's just it just brings back those memories of like discovering how amazing the guitar work was. Mm -hmm. Back in the day it was Marty Friedman and Dave Mustaine. And Dave yeah. Mustaine I think wrote most of it, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, man, like <sighs> Okay. I'm in. All right. Yeah. I again I've been anticipating this style that you're yeah. throwing at. Yeah. Me. Okay. So I get the mega dead. So for you, now, I know you're a fan, like a legitimate fan, but your point started like at fucking point C and you're like at point F, mm -hmm. even though I don't think even the last three albums you've, you've taken a deep dive into. Mm. I think it's like four now at this point. Okay. But the first half, 82 to 91, I don't think you've ever really paid attention to. If it's who I think it is, I have a feeling I think I know who it is. I probably did, but go ahead. Really? Yes. I want to see. You know who it is. No, who? It's the fucking Chili Peppers. Yes. Oh. Dude, I heard the Chili Peppers in the 80s. Eric showed up with a fucking cassette and was like, I don't know, like, for some reason I, I like this, but I kind of don't. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think, like their first fucking album. And I used to listen to it all the time. Self-titled, 1982. It was, it was, I don't even know. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. But it was weird because I would listen to them and I was like, why do I like this? I shouldn't. Okay, but you you're remembering one album from childhood. I'm talking about no, going no, no, from yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right, all the way to mother's. No, milk. no, no, yeah, so I need to freaky styling, uplifting the mofo party plan. You know all what right, I mean? like, actually, that's exciting to do. Yeah, even I mean, you loved from what I know. I know you loved Blood Sugar. Everybody did. Who and didn't? I, and I know you loved all the way up to Californication. Mm -hmm. To this very day, I cannot. Oh, whoa, whoa. Exactly, <laughs> dude. To this very day, I cannot fucking hear that song and not go, whoa, whoa, after he says that part. <laughs> so, anybody listening, Chili Peppers are my favorite band. Yeah. When they got back together with John Frusciante, it was Californication. And one of the best songs is Californication. Mm -hmm. And the part goes, Dream of Californication. And Paul would always go, I don't know why, but I feel he should go, oh, whoa, whoa, right <laughs> after. <laughs> so every time I would listen to that song, you would go, oh, whoa, whoa, and look right at me. <laughs> so ever since then, I could not, not sing, whoa, whoa, after that. <laughs> See what I'm saying? If he would have done it, everybody would be singing along. <laughs> Oh, no yeah this is exciting especially because actually i just listened to um i haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts at all lately but i did listen catch when he was on um joe rogan oh anthony Kiedis. anthony Kiedis. Yeah. anthony Kiedis just seems like one of the coolest fucking guys ever he does like he really does i, I want to be his friend real bad absolutely um but i don't know just super laid back super just he's a thinker you yeah. know i don't know just great guy yeah i absolutely. love the story i didn't know the story of until the i heard yeah like really? until, well his story into the band until i heard that podcast yeah um so anyways it, it just uh you know listening to him talk i was like god i should really listen to 
chili peppers more often. And I look, John Frusciante is fucking God's gift, right? Like he's an amazing guitar yeah, player. Yeah, he, he really is. Yeah. But for true pepperheads, fucking Halil Slovak is like, whoa. So I want to hear what you think about. They're kind of similar, right? I mean, John Frusciante came out saying that you know he likes or was influenced when by. When was that switch made? Oh, when Hello Slovak died, he. Uh, uh, one, two, three. John Frusciante's first appearance was uh, Mother's Milk. So the album before uh, Blood Sugar. Really? Mm-hmm. He, he died of drugs, I'm assuming. Yeah, heroin overdose. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's weird that he's not talked about more often. Maybe because um, all the hits came out after. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you really think about it. Blood Sugar was the album that fucking took them to the top. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, you think about it, they were signed in 82. Because that was the uh, Rick Rubin album, right? Yeah. I mean, and even... Um, when did Chad Smith come on the scene? Because Chad Smith's not the original drummer. Right? Yeah, I knew that. Jack Irons was the original drummer. Mm-hmm. So Jack Irons was on the... F- and now it's Will Ferrell. Now it's Will Ferrell, yeah. <laughs> Chad Smith left, Will Ferrell's back in. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, my whole musical existence is due to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, they are one of my all-time favorite bands. Flea is my all-time favorite bass player. So, you know, you were talking about your history and trying to learn shit. Try learning a fucking Flea bass line when you're 15. It's fucking impossible. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's awesome. No, I'm excited about this one. Yeah. So, again, if you want to skip 91 through 2000, I'm cool with that. I no, know, I want no, I want I want to go through it all. I know you've heard by the way mm-hmm. s- stuff from Stadium Arcadium. Yeah. Um No, no, I am going to do justice to them. They're your favorite band. Okay. Awesome. So Megadeth versus the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Give it away, give it away now. <laughs> and you sang that song the other yeah, day. Yeah, I did. Right? I did karaoke <laughs> the other night. Paul went to a Halloween party at his brother's house, our other business partner. I, I was telling Eric, I mean, he went uh, to town. I was telling Adrian that I had to sing it because I had Adrian on my mind and I was like, if Adrian was here, what song would he want me was to sing? Was that Saturday? Yeah. How weird is that? What? what did I text you yesterday? What? So, I've, everyone knows, right? You and I are musicians, obviously. Mm-hmm. I write music all the time. Mm-hmm. Whether, oh, whether we use it or not is another story. That's Paul's fault. <laughs> put it out there. <laughs> so, you were thinking about me while singing a Chili Pepper song. Mm-hmm. I was writing... A song on GarageBand, mm. and I was thinking about you. Gay, yeah, that's all right. But I don't know, man. Next time, use Pro Tools and think about me. Oh, just is that your only hangup? <laughs> that your only hangup? Never mind what I actually wrote. You're worried about the production, and I really liked it too. What you wrote, by did the way. you really? Yeah, I did. I when I was done, well, I'm not still not done. I stopped and I and I, I get like. um I black out, right? I just get in the zone. I'm not mm-hmm. worried about what I'm writing, what style it is, nothing. I just go with it. Yep. And then I sit back and then I listen to it again. And that's when I was like, man, this is totally shit Paul would like. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was really good. I, I, I waited to listen to it to like when I was in a quiet place. To... Yeah. I don't really write happy music for the most part. And this yeah. is kind of uppity for yeah, me. It was good. You know what I mean? All right, let's get into the chat so we can get into the scary stuff. Okay. And today on the chat, I bring to you a band that I've loved for, I'm going to say about two years now-ish. They've been around for a while. Um, Let's see what their discography looks like. One, two, they have three full albums, um, four full albums. The fourth one just came out. What I love about this band is they're they're a metal band. They, They mix a mesh of 
punk, hardcore, black metal style blast beats. Um, biggest thing I love about this band, again, dun, 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 shocker, female vocalist, but she's not the traditional female vocalist. She is the lead singer slash drummer. So she drums and, and sings and screams at the same time. But she does it fucking awesome. I love her voice. Anyway, the band I'm talking about is a band called Brutus. Brutus? Yeah. They're fucking... B-R-U-T-U-S. Gotcha. Yeah. I just I just love their heaviness, their style of heaviness. I love her, her voice. The things she actually can accomplish while drumming and singing and screaming at the same time for that. Um... That's unique. Yeah, they they're very uh, like I said they're 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 heavy music, but at times they feel very um, grand and like pretty and I don't know I can't I can't explain it like they do some pretty grand stuff for being a three piece you mm-hmm. know what I mean mm-hmm. so when they get instrumental and she's not singing the music is just fucking phenomenal. Hmm. I'm for curious. Me, anyway, I'm really curious now. So yeah. So today on the chat, the band is Brutus. If you're into that style of music, heavy, pretty, sometimes screaming, great singing, this band is for you. Check them out. Awesome. I listened to the one that you mentioned last time, Bleed. Oh, yeah. Weren't you like curious to see what I thought? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I don't know, man. I couldn't. I, I knew you were going to fucking say that. <laughs> but you didn't hear the hum in it? Yeah, it was just two Deftones-ish. How do you figure? There was like, I don't know, there's something about it that was just too like Deftone new metal-y. I don't know. And not to say it was bad. It wasn't bad. I just, there was, I was like, yeah, like, oh, that's cool. That sounds cool. And then all of a sudden they would go into something that I was kind of like, a little disappointed right now. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not shocked again. No one's Not to say I didn't like them. It was just not for me. Wow, man. Yeah. I thought for sure I read you wrong. Normally I go into it like, ah, he's going to fucking hate it. Yeah. I had hopes for this one. Mm-hmm. I really thought you were going to be like, you know what, dude? Out of all the shit you bring me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they, yeah. they, you can... You, all the shat. All the shat. You can hear the hum. You can hear the far. There's some helmet in there. And I think that's why, though. There's I think it was... Scotia quicksand I think it was there. too blaring. Really? You, you know, you know, I'm real big on that. I, it's one thing. Again, I've said this many times. To be influenced, it's nothing to sound intentionally, almost intentionally. I don't know. I don't know if it was intentional. No, I know it part. wasn't, but it was just too blatant. Okay. Well, at least you tried. So I struggled. Yeah. I, I want to talk about real quick um, before we get into the Halloween stuff. There is a band here from El Paso mm-hmm. that I have just fallen in love with their music. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not your cup of tea. It is. And really? Yeah, dude. I love that. When style I first of music. heard them, I was like, "Oh, I didn't like it at I'm all." I'm an '80s kid. I yeah. love that style of music. But dude, then I for whatever. So the band that I just recorded was mm-hmm. play, played with them on Saturday night, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. I, I heard something about that band. I'm gonna give them another listen." I like to give bands especially locally band locally i like to give them a listen just i don't know it's cool to just discover stuff right um but i went back and listened for whatever reason i it just it was weird it was like it was like the first time i ate sushi i was like that was oh what did i just eat and then like (laughs) two weeks later all of a sudden i was like craving it and i went back and i love sushi ever since right the same effect but it wasn't with sushi stuck in dick (laughs) 
It's like it feels weird in your mouth, and you don't—you're not too sure. And two weeks later, you're like, "Yep, I'm in." <laughs> yeah. So um, that's kind of what happened with this band. Anyways, they're called the One Eight Hundred, and I really like what they're doing. I yeah. really, really do. So, yeah, they're very. Um, to me, it's like that—that that, the good thing about the '80s. Yeah, you know what I mean. That gives you that good that feeling yeah. that that feeling of like, I don't know. An 80, a good 80s song will give you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you told me about them a while back. Yeah. And yeah, I went in and I listened when you recommended them. And yeah, I liked them a lot. They're very good. Yeah, so give them a listen. The 1-800. Oh, Shack Times 2 now. And now you're taking that over? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Shat 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call mine instead of the Shat. I'll call it the P. <laughs> <laughs> the alleyway piss i'm always down for your pee buddy um all right let's get into the halloween stuff it is halloween all right so i want to get started again this is uh our halloween episode we like to talk about scary things personal ghost stories for paul anyway because i thank the lord have not experienced any but what i did want to bring up yet now fuck you yeah right i tell you dude no, there's no way. I, my wife can kick me out tomorrow. And if your house is the only house I have, rest assured I'm sleeping in my car. <laughs> well, you have a studio here. Oh, there you go. I'll fucking, yeah, I'll go stay sleep here. on the couch. You're I would love that because I have a camera facing that couch. I just feel to look at that camera and watch you sleep. And, and I would intentionally sleep in the nude on my <laughs> side so my ass could be facing that camera. <laughs> so, um,. Did we, I don't know if we spoke about this movie on our last one. Did we talk about Terrifier on our last podcast? No, I don't think so. Okay. That was a damn good movie. You saw part two? No, I saw part one. Oh, shit, my ninja. Let me tell you. Okay. So I'm sure people have heard the hoopla about the Terrifier. Mm-hmm. One, one movie for first movie in a very long time that is making people physically sick, mm-hmm. pass out at the theaters, um, ambulance call the whole night. So, uh, do I give the full history of this guy or no? Because no, I went I, fucking deep. I mean, you can. It's up to you. Real quick, he's a he's the clown serial killer that that everyone's seen around lately because of people's reactions to this movie. Uh, Terrifier One came out in 2016. He was featured in a movie in 2012 called All Hallows Eve, which mm-hmm. is how he got his start. Mm-hmm. That movie, the response to him in that movie spawned him having his own movies, right? Mm-hmm. So Terrifier 1, um, you saw it, I saw it, my wife hated it, I fucking loved it. I thought of it was, course she did. I thought it was great. Of course she hated it. <laughs> um, very cool things happen. It, it's very campy, it's very B-movie, part one I'm talking about. That's what I liked about it. Me too. There was all but like 12 actors in there. The budget was probably $40 on this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, but it was a good movie, right? If you're into like campy 80s style horror movies, you know, a lot of blood, a lot of shit, whatever. Part one is good, tolerable. Now, part two, I'm not going to say much because I didn't know you hadn't seen it yet. We saw it on Friday. Dude, the fucking budget went up mm-hmm. hard and that movie was fucking awesome. So one of the things I heard was that the director purposely did not want to use like CGI or anything. Yeah. So everything's like... Old school. Yeah. Think about the effects from the first, um, but on a greater scale, right? It's not as cheesy as the 80s were, but like you think about the cool shit that um, they did with Evil Dead in the 80s mm-hmm. um, when 
um, Friday the 13th first came out, shit like that. That's what it looks like. Right. But on a better scale. Right. Because, you mm-hmm. know, we're in 2022 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Terrifier 1, there wasn't a whole lot of um, substance, right? There wasn't, there wasn't a story behind it. It was literally this dude just running around killing people for whatever fucking reason. Yeah. The story is told in this movie. There's actual mm. substance. There's a plot. There's fucking great dialogue. Like, it's a movie now. Wow. As to where part one felt like pure shock value, right? Kind of like if I decided to do a horror movie, it's probably what it would come out like. When we do a horror movie. Yeah. You and just that kind eye, of uh, mm, This guy. <laughs> just kind of, uh, I don't know, more for just like wanting to film cool scenes yeah. and not really... Yeah focusing on the dialogue right but this one dude because those scenes like the gory scenes were pretty fucking gory oh this one's times a million wow again how people were passing out shit i don't know people who are just do not watch horror movies at all Mm -hmm. it was nothing to me but the story the plot the way the, the 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 movie was filmed um the camera work was a whole lot fucking better you know what i mean it didn't look like it was done on a the shittiest camera known to man. Yeah, on part one, I did struggle a little bit because you can tell, like, like the lighting was off or oh, certain yeah. things were... Like, you can tell it was very amateurish. Big time. Which is, like Big I time. say, that's why I say if I were to do a movie, it would come out probably pretty amateurish. I wouldn't let it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Um, yeah, so, well, man, I thought we were going to have this big old talk about it, but Terrifier 2 is fucking incredible. I need to watch it. Incredible. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Like, you can tell... Before, like I said, part one, I was just kind of like, okay, he's a he's a fucking weird guy in a clown suit. Yeah. But now you get more, you can see he's a little bit of Michael Myers. He's a little bit of fucking Freddy Krueger. He's like, it's it's crazy. My wife struggled watching it just because she has a, a really uh, crazy fear of clowns. Then she's not going to like this one. She really struggled. She's like... She was like looking down at her phone like 80% of the time. She's not going to like this one. But I was like, I don't care if you don't like it. You can go to another room if you want because I'm loving this. You're going to love this one. Awesome. I'm fucking, I mean, he's now in my tops. Like, this is a slasher fucking film. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, a big fucking time. slasher film. Oh, well, film. even the first one was. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, like, this, to me, solidifies his spot in the slasher franchise. Like, you put him up there. And this is where Jason and I got, got into an argument because oh. we were actually talking about those genres. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we we got into an argument because I was like, "What is? I don't understand the difference between a psychological thriller and a psycho or in a psychological horror or gore or something like that." And I was, I don't know. Anyways, I don't want to get into that, but yeah. but um, yeah, highly recommend it for anybody who has not seen it. Awesome. I personally do not. I cannot watch movies starting at part two. Right. I highly recommend watching part one first, and then going on to part two. <sighs> I don't know why I got all lazy. Yeah, because you're drinking a buy. I know. I fucking you're like, not even buy. You're full gay. I didn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have time to make a coffee or buy one either. Um, you should have told me. I would have stopped by. Uh, I, yeah? I didn't think about it. All right. What else before we get into the stories? That's where, it. That's all I wanted to bring. Where up. did I leave off last time? Oh, we didn't tell. We were. We started talking about the new occurrences at your house, but we didn't specify. And my dad, we were talking yeah. about my dad, what he saw, what he experienced. Yeah, we didn't We didn't tell what all went on. All right. You want me to get into it then? Yeah, absolutely. You can get into this anytime you want. You know? 
<laughs> all right. So you wake the fuck up. I tell I you know. what. <laughs> I don't know why I just got all <laughs> sleepy. Um, so we talked about the things that my dad saw and how he acknowledged who my dad before that was. I don't want to say a non-believer, but he was like you. He had never experienced anything. So he kind of believed in it, but never had any firsthand experience encountering anything until the night before he moved into my house, Mm -hmm. um, which was in 2020, I think. Anyways. Yeah, because at height of COVID, that's what you were very worried about. Yeah. And then a little bit of context again, if you haven't listened to... First of all, you need to go back and listen to our episodes from last year around this time in October. And then you can listen to our last episode where I kind of build up to what we're talking about now. And um, so my my dad had played a significant role in all of this. And, and you'll understand why. You know, my dad passed away in June of this year. So context again... Um, guy that killed himself in my house and uh his we encountered all kinds of shit same thing with my wife my wife had never experienced paranormal mm-hmm. until we moved into that house mm-hmm. um she never un, you know she had never experienced anything like that until we started experiencing those things mm-hmm. so that's how we knew right away we made the connection to patrick killing himself um so I spoke about my dad's experience, what he saw, spoke about um, how he acknowledged that he would hear and see things um, there at the house all the time. Um, but he really wasn't like, again, he was like us. He wasn't like afraid of it. He just acknowledged that something weird was going on, but didn't really like call much attention to say like, oh my God, it's scary or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Um, also remind me to let you to to get into what my daughter told me later on because you know we tried to keep all of this from her we didn't want you know oh is that what my note is there's a note here that said felix experience oh okay because yeah. you had told me last yeah. time yeah so that's what we we're talking yeah, about yeah yeah okay so um again you know we we spoke about all the little happenings as my dad got sicker, he was diagnosed in October of last year with cancer. And towards, you know, the beginning of this year, things started to kind of speed up in terms of how ill he was becoming. Um, what's really weird is all of the occurrences started to kind of speed up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even describe it. It was just like there was always something happening and it just became every single day. It just became more and more obvious, um, more and more. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Not only obvious, but like grander, I guess you can say. Yeah. You know, you go from a little knock to like banging or you know what I mean? Or um, just crazy stuff. So... I'm going to kind of fast forward to when my dad was kind of pretty much essentially on his deathbed. Um, You know, maybe the last three months of his life, um, I started telling him, I I mentioned last time how he started seeing um, people of his past that had passed away and Mm -hmm. having conversations with them. And, um, you know, so he started 
he started seeing kids. He said he, there was kids visiting him. He didn't know who the kids were. He started seeing. Um, then he started mentioning the, the seeing a dark figure, mm-hmm. which again, if you go back to the episodes with Eric. We all know where Teeny, this tiny he man. How adorable. <laughs> <laughs> we all know where this starts to kind of come into play. Yeah. So if you're really curious as to what we're talking about, you definitely need to go back and listen to everything, the full story on some of these experiences that you're having now mm-hmm. um, are really explained in depth back then. So I mentioned in the last episode about my reoccurring sleep paralysis, my dreams, mm-hmm. and how that the dream that I had with Patrick asking for help, mm-hmm. um, more like a nightmare. So we knew that Patrick was essentially wanting out or not realizing he was dead or something. He was trying to get attention, right? Um, that, which is why things were happening so much in the house and becoming more frequent. But as my dad was at that point where he started seeing random people that were not Patrick, were, um, you know, there was even a point where he would say, Oh, your mom's standing right next to you. Yeah. You know, and you know, my mom again, my mom passed away August of last year. Mm. Yeah. So he would see see my mom. He would see just random people, random things. Um but then it was but where it gets kind of scary is when he starts talking about he kept seeing this dark figure, this massive dark figure. Um I remember I was in his room one time and he was lying down and I was just talking to him and uh, he his eyes changed to like behind me and he said who's that and I was like who's what he goes there's like a really big dark figure just standing behind you that wasn't me was it <laughs> I was like it's just not here <laughs> um, and that's when I was kind of like oh okay that's weird you know yeah um so uh, it's it's weird because a lot of it's kind of a blur just because you know you try when shit starts going down like that like i guess like you don't without realizing it you kind of like try to forget some of the stuff you know um but i i know building up to the last especially last couple of weeks um my little brother and i we really i mean our our day jobs became taking care of my dad you know he he was at the point where he had to we had to physically get him to the restroom we had to physically help him do things that most people could do on their own um but as that progressed the things that he said progressed uh, the things that he saw the feelings that we got the things that we were seeing progressed right um it got started getting to the point where I mentioned last time that it reminded me of being like in a crowded house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you think about having like a party, just the feeling you get with just knowing there's like so many people in your home. Yeah. It was like that, but you know, it was, but you couldn't really see anything. You just feel it. Yeah. Um, it was just the, the air around was just changed it was different but it, it was becoming like very negative um and i couldn't figure out why i'm probably gonna forget a lot of stuff here um but 
For the first time in many, many, many years, again, going back to when Eric used to do that shit, I was starting to experience things that I used to experience back then. Um, what was it? I think it was, was it Jason? Somebody said that they felt like they were pushed. Um, you know, we started again, you know, the shower turning on, the banging on the doors, the dogs acting crazy. And then I started to see for the first time, I started to see like figures. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to see, I'm, I'm trying to build up to like when I saw a figure, like it was crazy. But when I'm was the to last think, time you saw a figure though? Years? Like decades? Decades. Yeah. Right. I was a teenager. Yeah. Okay. So things were getting just really tense. We knew this is at the end. This is when we knew that my dad, like it was any day now that my dad was going to pass. Um, you know, we were just trying to spend as much time with him as we could, you know, uh, even when the, he was in hospice. So even when the hospice nurse would come in, he would tell her about all of the experiences he was having with talking to people and stuff. And, um, she told him, you know what? You're going to start seeing a lot of people. You're going to start seeing and being visited by relatives and people you haven't thought about in years. She was like, I've been doing this work for many, many, many years. And I've seen so many people die. And everybody has very, very similar um, experiences. What? Yeah. And so... I know my dad was very worried about how he was going to die. And she was like, don't you worry. Like, we're in hospice. Like, you're going to go peacefully. You're not going to be like, you know, my dad was like always worried that he was going to have a sudden heart attack. And that was going to be it. He was going to sit there and experience everything. And, you know, and he actually did go very peacefully. Um, But he would talk about how he knew he was coming to an end because he, the people that he would speak to were this is what he, he said that they were, they would tell him that they're trying to prepare him for when he dies and that they were trying to get him to understand that it's okay and that it's going to happen and everything's going to be fine. And they're like, like he would tell me like, they're prepping me, they're prepping me for when my time comes. And it was just really, it was really weird hearing him. You know, he would sometimes go into detail and he would talk about how he spoke to somebody and it felt like he was speaking to them for hours and hours and hours and how he doesn't know if it was a dream or if it was real. Like he just didn't know, you know? Um, but for some reason, things did start getting kind of dark. Um, things got tense, really, really tense. And I almost felt like because obviously that situation is, it's a sad situation to go through and experience, right? So I almost felt like maybe whatever it was, like maybe it was back to the thing that Eric had conjured up or whatever was like feeding off of the situation, Mm -hmm. like decided to like, just, I don't know. I don't know what I can't, I can't tell you what it was or why it was, you know, all I can say is that, so it all, I don't want to say culminated, but there was this point where I remember that day, it was a day where Jason and I were pretty much taking turns going upstairs and just hanging out with my dad. Like he was, I think already at the point of not really even being able to talk anymore. Um, and things were, you know, they were dire, you know, they were at the very, very end. And I remember sitting, I was sitting at my dining room table and 
Jason was, I think he was there. I think he was in front of me. I just remember, I see, you know, I see something out of the corner of my eye and I turn to look and there it is. It's this, the black figure with the teeth mm-hmm. that Eric's been talking about for years. Yeah. The, the, the figure that caused Eric, according to him, to run out of the Monterey house and turn on all the lights and like not even look back because he was just terrified. It was this, I can't even describe it. I can kind of still picture it in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you sent me a picture of what you, yeah, you had seen that day. Or and what? I haven't even told Eric this. But Eric doesn't know about this? I don't think I told him about it. Wow. But here's where it's crazy, is that I'm not an emotional person. Yeah. Anybody, Amen to that. <laughs> anybody that knows me knows I don't show emotion, especially when it comes to being sad or I don't cry. I don't do any of that shit. Don't say I love you. Don't <laughs> hug anybody. <laughs> um, you know, it, it takes a lot to get me. But here's the weird part. The moment I saw it, I instantly just like broke down in tears and could not stop. And my little brother freaked out because he doesn't see me get emotional. I was just crying hysterically. And I was just like, I don't know. I didn't, I just didn't feel like myself Mm -hmm. and I don't know why or what it was that caused that to happen. That it was just weird, but I just could not stop fucking crying after seeing it. It's, it, it scared me. It scared me so much that it made me fucking cry like that. Yeah. It was it was it was out of it was it was it was crying out of fear. Yeah. Like just like one probably the most extreme fear I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Like um out of everything that I've seen and experienced with all this shit going on, that to me because it was so clear, it was so like right there and it was so evil looking, dude, just like I can't even describe it. It yeah. was just, it was like, you know, when you see monsters in the movies yeah, and you know, it's fake, but when you're like, I don't know, man, I don't know. And, and in my mind too, at that moment, it was like, why is he or that? Why is it here? Mm. Why is it suddenly here when my dad's about to die? Yeah. You know, that was the weird part when you yeah. told me, I'm like, what the fuck? Couldn't understand it. Um, so I don't know. So it also makes me think about what was really weird. And it makes me, it really makes me wonder now that I'm talking about it. When my dad was in the hospital the first time when he was almost died, Mm -hmm. when he lost his leg, Mm -hmm. he told me that he saw and and the way he said it in his words, he said, I saw the devil. Oh, I was like, what do you mean? He says, I just, all of a sudden, I w- he was in a place where he said that it was just a bunch of people in like in a this massive desert, a massive desert with no trees, no life, just sand. He said, and we were all naked and we were all just like pulling ourselves across the sand, trying to get somewhere, but nobody knew where to go. And that he turned and he saw this, this monster that, and every time he would even mention it, every time, you know, he's thinking about it as he's saying it, he would just break down in tears. And he would just say how it was the most, it was just the scariest thing he'd ever seen in his life. And that he knew the moment he laid eyes on it, that he was looking at the devil. What the fuck? That's yeah. what you saw. Yeah. Dude, so, 
Wow. And he was like, and every time, dude, like even two years later, I would ask him, what did you talk about what you saw again? And the moment he, you can tell, you, you could see instantly the moment he would picture him, my dad would start crying. Dude, see, the crazy part about that is, is your dad cried. You cried mm-hmm. from seeing something. Look, yeah. I was just chalking it up to you being a pussy. I told you this your whole life. <laughs> I know you, you're a pussy, but <laughs> but now when you say that, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he would he would break down just talking about it Does every Eric time. Know about that part? I think so. I think so. And so, yeah. Now you know. Now that I'm saying that, I remember that, and that's the same thing. Like, I mean, I can talk about it now, and it doesn't make me yeah, emotional. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but I think also because of what i'm gonna talk about next i think the way it all kind of unfolded uh yeah i mean i broke down crying man and i couldn't stop i must have cried for like probably a good 20 30 minutes um just like uncontrollably crying and it wasn't it was just out of it was just like fear unadulterated fear like it was it was crazy i i can't can't describe it and to somebody that has never experienced it or maybe doesn't believe it i know it's like sounds very out there and far-fetched and weird but not until you experience that can you understand it i don't know it was it was weird man it was really kind of also again it was like why why is this here why is this here now um i also went back thought back to when Eric did all that shit and we were using the Ouija board and it was throwing the stuff down the stairs at us when we were younger. Mm-hmm. I remember it saying that I was going to have, or it was it pretty much said in so many words, it was here to like torment anybody and everybody around Eric until they got what they wanted, which was Eric. Right. Yeah. Um, so I started thinking like maybe, okay, actually, no, I'm not going to get into that yet. Crazy part is I have Eric my own is, little theory. Eric is still here. I've yeah. told you, you want the nightmare to end? I'll kill him. <laughs> um, and it seems to affect almost everybody except for Eric, which is weird. I know, right? That's so crazy. So, um, things were really tense. Really, really fucking tense. Um, you know, that happened to me um, just... It was weird, man. I can't even describe it. Just it, again, that feeling of a lot of people in the house, hearing things, seeing things out of the corner of your eye, almost up front, sometimes doors opening. Um, it was just so weird. But then I would go into my dad's room and it was kind of peaceful in a weird way. Uh, but anything outside, it was almost like there was like a bunch of spirits waiting around i don't know so fucking weird i don't even know how to describe it it was just a heavy feeling yeah super heavy feeling super and everybody felt it everybody felt it um and so um my dad passed you know i was with him when he passed and you know he went very very peacefully and dude almost immediately no not almost like immediately after he passed everything stopped everything like nothing not even the little things that patrick would do happen nothing it so was, to this day you've what are we october we're in october <sighs> to this day okay well hold on <laughs> so i i spoke about my reoccurring nightmares mm-hmm. sleep paralysis 
the weirdest thing happened about a week or two after my about two weeks after my dad passed everything stopped i went into a sleep paralysis dream Mm -hmm. again you know like the one i had about patrick right and in this dream i was already expecting remember i told you i I used to get lifted up and thrown around and all this stuff right and i was expecting the same old it's kind of like when you're a kid and you're gonna get spanked with the belt you know what to expect so i've gotten to the point where over the years i mean it's been decades of having these nightmares on a regular basis i know what to expect so in the dream i expect like oh fuck here it comes and be tormented for what seems like an eternity in these dreams right and all of a sudden i get lifted up like normal but instead of being like thrown against the wall or whatever i get dangled a little bit like in a, it was almost like a playful dangle and i was like what the fuck is this and all of a sudden i this woman appears to me and she's telling me that i don't have to worry anymore that that thing is gone and that it's my dad who's lifting me up and dangling me and he's he's here he's infiltrated this to let you know that everything's going to be okay and so my dad was obsessed with hercules the old school hercules movies right yeah and all of a sudden i see like in the distance i see a shadow of my dad but muscular almost like hercules like just in the distance and it's just like a silhouette of him and like this um overwhelming feeling of like don't worry about it your dad was buff back in the day yeah he was but it was just this uh like a communication of like don't worry about it like everything's it's over yeah like it's gone and so it was just this feeling of like not only did he move on he took patrick with him right and whatever was tormenting me like all along like with eric and everything from the very beginning like that's gone too because so we spoke to several uh we've spoken to like mediums and people that do tarot cards and stuff like that since and we've told them the story and they all say the same thing they were like so yeah so when somebody's trapped like that and somebody passes away um there's many instances where they can actually like take this person with them or spirit with them my dad knew patrick was there my dad knew we had talked about like well maybe he doesn't know he's here maybe he needs to like find a way to go to the past my dad used to say well won't you just pray my dad was very religious right Mm -hmm. so they say it's very real it's a very real possibility that my dad was like come on patrick let's go and took him too yeah because everything just fucking stopped everything dude like from that moment that he passed going forward just even just everything completely came to a stand like just stop man it's so fucking weird and then i had that dream and that dream was just like very overwhelming to me like in the sense of like like almost just getting out of that dream with the feeling of like my dad took care of it yeah like he took care of it all and then showing his strength i don't know it was just it was weird man um so you can you can say since then nothing okay not up a until, fucking blip no. up until about two weeks ago what happened <laughs> so to well me and my wife started 
I don't know. We we were like, we don't know if it's coincidence or if it's shit starting again. I don't know. Um, things like us just kind of sitting there and all of a sudden, you know, there was a, our vacuum cleaner had been there for like a week. We had it out. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, the vac- a vacuum cleaner that has a stable base just suddenly tips over on its own. But like, and just lands like very, very loud. Um, I knew it. I knew it was too good to be true. We started hearing the door opened up on us. Um, I don't know, uh, just little things here and there. And so we had both started noticing things happening and we looked at each other and we were like, okay, what's going on? Is this real or is this coincidence? And we both agreed like it feels different. It yep. doesn't feel like Patrick days. Oh man, we don't know what. Does it feel like deeper, like scary, like, like scary. more malicious? No, like, like scary. Yeah, oh. like more. Uh, I I'm drawing a blank right now. There's been about four or five things that has happened in the last two weeks. More, um, more aggressive is the way. Now, when are you going out of town again? three weeks two weeks count me the fuck out <laughs> well jason's gonna be there by himself oh thank god he's not going with fuck us <laughs> jason it's about time okay um Woo. oh let me talk about my daughter wait where are you going nowhere man you said you're going out of town in two or three oh weeks. oh i thought you meant right now I'm like oh, we're doing a podcast i'm not going anywhere <laughs> gonna get up and walk out <laughs> uh cancun oh that's right yeah oh man i hope you come <clears throat> back <laughs> <laughs> So, um, we kept all this from my daughter. We didn't tell her anything. Um, she never really said much. Oh, they're here. Sorry. So we're, she starts listening to the podcast and I think, I don't know why she said she was in class and that she decided like, Oh, I'm bored. I'm going to listen to my dad's podcast while I work. I was like, oh, crap, you're going to get to where we talk about what's going on in the house. I was like, shit. So we were there, and I was like, I'm just going to tell you, especially now that I can tell you because it's all gone. And she looks at me, and she goes, and she says something about, like, oh, like a black figure, a big giant black figure. Like, you mean the black figure that I've seen I don't know how many freaking times standing in that living room and standing there? And I'm like, what? And she starts talking about that she's she was like i honestly thought she's a very mature teenager by the way Mm -hmm. she said i thought i was going crazy she goes i started thinking like maybe there's like something wrong with me and i'm going crazy um because of all the things that i'm seeing they must be like in my head she didn't want to tell anybody because she didn't want to sound crazy right and just to come to find she was seeing the exact same shit but the figure when she saw it would just stand there pretty much she said she saw a dark figure several occasions in different places in the house but it wasn't like she said it was just like a shadow like a shadow figure what the fuck the things that she i don't remember now she was talking about she had heard things she saw things um but she said that it was ongoing for a long time and that she herself was just like it i can't know i'm just gonna ignore it it's just my imagination. Maybe I'm going crazy. But yeah. She experienced it as well. Had no idea. 
Holy shit. Yeah. Now, the thing about her room that always creeped me out. She the attic? The, she has the room at the attic, which is the room she chose. She's a freaking little... She's a little... Um, she's a little dark herself. Yeah. And I know when she chose that room, it was because of the attic, even though she... I mean, she was remember she was the grudge girl for Halloween one yeah. year. She looked just like her. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, she's always been a little dark herself. So, but I think I don't know. But yeah, it is kind of creepy with the attic right there. Yeah, yeah. So, the figure is back. I don't know, man. I haven't seen anything. We've just been getting those little experiences again. But you yourself, like I remember you told me. When you first told me about Patrick, you were like, but you know what, man? Like, he doesn't feel like that type of guy. Yeah, it like, doesn't at all. But this guy does. But the things that we have experienced, they just, they're very, like, with Patrick, it would be, like, a little, like, like, for example, he would, it was always this weird thing that would happen on our door, like, to our room, where it was, like, almost, like, rustling, like, somebody, like, just, like, rubbing up against the door. Yeah. You know? And then, um, and then the door would, like, open very gently sometimes right it was always very gentle yeah wasn't like forceful yeah but the last few things they almost seem very forceful very like i don't know like like i said aggressive yeah because i've 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 heard stories like that right like i like to watch paranormal shit on the history channel and whatnot and a lot of um ghost hunters or what have you they say the same thing you have aggressive ghosts you have passive ghosts you have you know what i mean like yeah so it's weird that you you mentioned that you feel this one is slightly aggressive. Yeah, and and I I don't I don't know what it would be or what. Anyways, so I'm gonna go into a weird theory okay. that I thought about. Let's hear it. You know, <clears throat> I thought about how Eric, when he was younger, and he got into all this shit, and he conjured up this thing, and how this thing, um, you know, started tormenting us essentially. <clears throat> it happened to be around the same time that uh, r- short uh, around that time, um, my parents, you know, they got a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, things started happening. Like my dad ran into like a lot of bad luck. I mean, he kind of always had bad luck. My dad, <clears throat> my dad had a very interesting life. My dad did a lot of fucked up shit. A lot of fucked up shit. Um, some of it was not intentional, obviously, but, you know, I think back to, you know, my dad unintentionally killed his best friend, uh, in a car accident. They were all drunk and my dad crashed and he died. Anyways, I started thinking about not only my dad's past and, you know, running with wrong people. Um, I mean, my dad, his best friends were like convicts and heroin addicts and you know just rough the rough of the the roughest of the rough you know yeah and i started thinking you know sometimes these energies you know i feel like are drawn to that you know are drawn to people like that Mm -hmm. and i started thinking what if along the way my dad picked up some sort of dark energy that kind of was always there in a uh um, what do you call when something's like asleep like um like you know like they say like a, a mountain like it's a volcano that no longer erupts it's a what do you call it dormant, dormant like yeah. in a dormant state right 
And then I feel like, okay, well, what if Eric then started to get involved in that shit? What if he woke it up? Yeah. What if it belonged to my dad to begin with and my brother woke it up? And as my dad was passing, it was, that's what it was waiting for, or it was around. And then I started thinking about my dream and him appearing. I started thinking, well, what if my dad on the other side is like, they, you know, they say when you look into that stuff, you know, again, it's going to sound nuts to some people that don't believe any of this, but you know, they say when you go, when you pass over that you have roles, um, in the afterlife Mm -hmm. and that your role, the reason why you live lives is you're, you're living lots of lives. You're gaining knowledge to take over, to, to, to be a part of your role in the afterlife. And a role could be anything from like, you could be, um, the, the spirit or the energy that helps somebody transfer from life to death. Um, you can be, uh, and there's a bunch of stuff, right? So I started thinking, well, maybe, my dad has a powerful role in the afterlife and maybe, I don't know, he overpowered this thing and won and we're good, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you think of all this stuff and it sounds outrageous and even me saying it out loud sounds super outrageous. It, but, it makes sense. But you try to rationalize, you yeah. know, um, just all of this stuff because, you know, why did that dark thing appear and maybe Eric somehow, maybe it was there all along and Eric just brought it to the surface and now that my dad went it just went with him but then again i don't know man i don't know it's it's all just trying to put pieces together and try to figure out what the fuck you know i just think some things aren't meant to be yeah i don't think i'll ever know you know you know i i would just focus on the fact that it's there yeah grab a padre take him to your house asap (laughs) (laughs) you know well uh, I'll let you know when I'm on my deathbed. I'll be like, he's here, Adrian. Do not turn around. <laughs> you could be like, no, that's me. I'm naked. Right. <laughs> it's just me, you big goof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what the future holds. I don't know if, again, the last few things that have happened over the last couple of weeks, if they're coincidence. Well, let me ask you this. You do a lot of research on it, right? For years, you've been intrigued on the family curse if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Why have you not looked into how to truly rid yourself of it? Well, they all say a cleansing. They all say stuff like that. And we've spoken to people who are interested in doing the cleansing, but usually sometimes like their schedule doesn't work out or sometimes we're just like, ah, we forget about it ourselves and then we get together and we talk about it again and then it just never gets done. But at the same time, I don't know, man. Like, Like, do you feel only you need to partake in the cleansing or eric needs well to that's a huge factor eric you see what i mean yeah that's what because I'm saying. i like, think eric is also at the root of all this but so little yet so evil <laughs> even though we got him to talk about it last year on our podcast yeah. mm-hmm. i don't i like i, I don't, like how he's very blase about it right like yeah he's, that's you what go back, people listen to that story he's like oh yeah man this this that and all of us are like us normal people would be fucking shitting themselves yeah <laughs> and know? that's the thing is that i don't think he wants to be an active participant in it because i don't think it, it it disrupts his life or affects him in any way that he knows of right you know what i mean it might he just eric is a very I'm not going to overanalyze. I'm not going to overthink. I'm going to live day by day in the moment. I don't need to like worry about it. I don't know. That's that's a superpower right there. 
Yeah. He's, I'm already he's, worried about next Friday. I don't even know what next Friday is. He's an Enneagram 8, and that's just kind of how they are. <clears throat> so, I don't know. I, I think if we actually did like a... I mean, he, he always tells me, he says, make a spirit box, man. Let's do the Ouija board. You attempted that and you got in trouble. I know. And that's <laughs> the wife is always like, you fucking, she tells me like, I will divorce you over that. She doesn't want shit to be brought on, which actually reminds me, I was actually watching a, I got that YouTube TV mm-hmm. where they have different channels and stuff. So I haven't watched like regular live TV in forever, but I was watching the travel <laughs> channel. To your fault. To your reason. You are adding to why great things are dying so i started watching uh this show where there's a video of like a dark um spirit following this guy down the stairs Mm -hmm. and he shows up to a house like the guy was showing up to look at a house it wasn't even his house and he walks in and he hears really loud banging and his natural reaction is like, oh, fuck, like some, maybe somebody needs help or something. And it's coming from like the basement area. So the guy that you see him with a flashlight and he goes and he runs down the basement, like thinking like somebody needs help. And as, as he goes in, you see this like shadow follow him. And this is where I don't know. I, again, I, I struggle, even though I've experienced all of this stuff, I still struggle to to like give um legitimacy to some of these things but you hear something tell him hi like hi and he fucking runs up the stairs and he slams the door shut and he's fucking forcibly holding it shut with his hands like and then he just and he's saying like no 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 i can't believe no 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 and he's like hysterical and he just runs the fuck out of that house and the guy they were interviewing was like this guy like they couldn't get him to do the interview and they were like saying that people have seen the video and they've asked him about it and he just absolutely 100% refuses to even discuss what he saw he will not tell anybody what he experienced he's just like won't even talk about it they couldn't even get him to do the interview so I don't know if it was real but I mean I don't even know why I'm mentioning this Uh, but seeing that like if it is real, I understand it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had anything, anybody say hi. I know Daniela heard somebody say help me, which we thought was Patrick. Um, but anyways, it's it's crazy shit, man. It's, it is. Dude, it's to this very day. I mean, we've been together for a very long time. And it's still the stories. I still try to wrap my head around. I still love hearing them. You know what I mean? And yeah being so close to something that i've never experienced my whole life right it's like crazy to me yeah you know what i mean yeah i don't know one thing it does for me i think one positive note that i can take out of it through everything is that it's given me no doubt in my mind 100 percent that there is something after life yeah you know what i mean so it's kind of like even if it's dark you know what like this is beyond our knowledge and what we're able to understand and comprehend as humans, right? So obviously there's something more out there. There has to be something more out there. I, I think about it every day. You know? Dude, one of my biggest fears is dying. Like, I, I don't want to. Right. At all. And I think that's nature that's in... It's, like, it's like we jokingly said last last podcast, I'm totally down to be a vampire. To yeah. live forever? awesome yeah <laughs> you know what i mean no yeah um 
and me i'm it's not that i don't like i i'm afraid of dying only because i think of like like people like my daughter or i'm like i don't want to leave her i'm not ready to leave her yet she needs still needs guidance and stuff right but as far as actually like being worried about what's next that actually gets me excited and i think a lot of that is because of the experiences that i've had i get excited at the thought of like fuck man like what is next something crazy is fucking next i don't know what the fuck that is but i mean for people like me it's heaven right like god willing Mm -hmm. that's where i'm going next if it happened i don't know you know what i mean like then you're right it's it's the the mystery of the unknown that's Mm -hmm. scary yeah you know what i mean and again i think i've mentioned this before if we knew then people wouldn't like you wouldn't be religious there wouldn't be a reason to have any sort of um how can i say it like people would lose ambition people would lose um the desire to do all they can in this short life because they would know like oh that's right it keeps going yeah if we knew if we knew what it was which goes back to that movie we spoke about and i actually watched it again with uh it's a good fucking movie and damn it i forgot what it's called again with jason siegel his dad creates a machine that films the afterlife and so this guy works on this guy and he goes into the afterlife and he get has video footage and the word gets out that there is an afterlife and the afterlife they start kind of determining what your afterlife is and so people just start killing themselves people what? are like what the fuck am i doing here i, I want to be i want to go in the afterlife and so people just start killing themselves and so there's not a lot of people left because everybody's just offing themselves it's a it's a good movie it's called uh let me see a uh, matter of fact justin i think we had spoken about it um i think he had said something about it being a good movie uh, was that when we were having that black mass conversation i think so yeah it is oh it's called the the discovery it's a good movie yeah i'm gonna check that out that sounds very very interesting the discovery oh mother what so so yeah so just to kind of i don't know it's that's what it's done for me is it's made me feel more confident in the fact that when we do die there is more to it but obviously and this is something that i have always known even when i used to practice like uh, meditation and astral projection and all that stuff or used to not mostly read up on it and research it Mm -hmm. i read so many books on this stuff um one thing that would always come up is they would talk about how there's there's dark energies everywhere there's dark things son of a bitch it's on youtube oh really cool just added it to my list and so somehow these dark things not youtube netflix oh okay these dark things um i don't know they're out there i don't know what they are you know yeah um like i i think and i mentioned this maybe before where i read one time where they um they said if you ever learn to astrally project and you actually go into another astral plane or whatever you have to learn how to disguise yourself by becoming an orb which is weird because you know they always talk about orbs you become yeah. a sphere and the reason why um beings or energies should become an orb is because you become 
inconspicuous mm-hmm. in another plane and less likely to be attacked by something negative as opposed to if it's you yourself you're just walking along yeah. wherever um, you're opening yourself up to being noticed and the ability of energy sources whatever these things are I would attacking orb, you I would try to orb myself into your shower every time you take a shower <laughs> right up my butt hole. <laughs> 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 They'd be like, what? Whoa. Adrian's here. How you doing there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that concludes, I think, the Halloween um, yeah, I think that's, situation. That's, that's plenty. That's or Halloween uh, situation, the, the, the evil. Uh, the cool thing about your family, well, not family, the two of you being cursed is that we're always going to have material. <laughs> Next year, who knows what this segment's going to sound like. Yeah. I I wish you would do more though. I know this sounds weird. Yeah, it is weird. It doesn't sound weird. That's fucking come on guy. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't. I mean I, I think I think my wife would hate the fact that I, I just said that. It's scary, but at the same time it's intriguing. Yeah. No, never mind. I was gonna agree with you, but it's not. I don't know. I mean, like, show yourself to me again. Like, come up to my face. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Let's have a chat, dude. No, I, like, I don't know why. Why? One thing that bothers me is like, why? Why pull the jump scare stuff? Like, come yeah. on. Like, why can't it just be more? I mean, some of it's pretty blatant but again even when i saw the figure it was for maybe what three four seconds like why couldn't it be a minute of you standing there where i can look at you and be like wow you're one ugly mother you know what that's from the predator of course i can do that yeah guy you're messing (laughs) dude you're fucking barking up the wrong tree my friend (laughs) you know what you know what i'm saying yeah um I don't know. Why you got to play games? <laughs> but had he done it for a minute, you would have really cried. Oh, I would have shit my pants. <laughs> Wait, look. I would have shit my pants, but you know what? That's I would have been not, able to pull out my cell phone and been that's, like... That's not new, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think that also adds to where, like, skeptics out there... Yeah, you know, and that's me being a skeptic, even though I've experienced all this stuff. You know, you've got to look at things objectively, no matter what. Yeah, and even though it was blatant, even though it was right there, it's like, why? Why let me see you for three or four seconds? Why bump on the fucking wall? Why not just fucking be like, look, it's me, motherfucker, and I'm about to kick you in the balls? Well, it's kind of like when I just put it in real quick. Yeah, I take it, I'm like, you gotta wait for later. Exactly. Dude. I don't give you the full it's- show right now. <laughs> exactly what this i mean is a taste for later or it's like when i spritz you and i tell you just to lie down and let me take some photos <laughs> oh, you know hey have you hooked over your mannequin yet the <laughs> Jeffrey <laughs> Dahmer style? Oh, i did but it wasn't fleshy enough oh damn it <clears throat> um so yeah so anybody listening i bought a mannequin and i dressed it up like michael myers and put it in my window yeah, but this fucker sends me a picture of the mannequin naked with just a <laughs> Michael Myers mask. I was like, man, I'm oddly turned on right now. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that's that's where we're at. Well, it's creepy. I have a feeling it's only going to get creepier. It might. So like I said, good thing is, is we'll always have material. 
depending on how hairy it gets, we might bring it up. I tend to shave, so uh, yes, dude. <laughs> I I I forever remember that about your dad. What I think about your dad oh, when in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. But when you told him, uh, did we tell the story on, on maybe? Podcast? But say it again. You shaved your balls one time, uh-huh. and you nicked yourself, and your dad is fucking hysterically laughing, and then he says, "Well, why the hell would you shave your bees?" <laughs> Ever this was like mid to late nineties. Yeah, yeah. Ever since then, I've referred to them as, my my son. Yeah. As he's growing up, I don't call him his testicles or as a, since he was a baby. You got to protect your bees, man. At all costs. <laughs> so when he was a little kid or something happened, he'd go, "Oh, dad, my bees feel weird." <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. The Arianos have adopted the word "the bees." Yeah. Um. But anyway. Yeah. Well, that's it, folks. Thank you for joining in on our Halloween special. Today is Halloween. Everybody be careful out there. Have fun. Yes. Um, Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Fucking tomorrow. It doesn't end either. Tomorrow, I'm going to be at Spirit. Once they open up, I'm going to get all those fucking sales. Dude, uh, me too. Yeah. I I have to. I'm already planning for next year, man. Yeah. I've been planning for next year before, even today. Exactly, dude. Halloween does not stop in my mind. My toy channel... Plastic Realm Toys had a great, um, pretty successful run. Yeah, yeah. For people yeah. that don't know, I I did 31 days of Halloween. T- tonight is the big reveal, my ultimate action horror figure that you I've did, been holding on to. Your last one was that little um, trick or treat guy, right? Yeah, Sam. Yeah. I did two Sams this this month, but um, yeah. So all month long, I premiered nothing but horror toys every day. Tonight's the grand finale, the big one. Um, I'm going to do it again next year because I have that many horror toys. But um, I don't even know why I mentioned that. No, <laughs> because we're talking about how much we love Halloween. Oh. And like even myself, like I filmed a lot of what I experienced at Horror Nights at Universal and I put little shorts up there just yeah. to kind of, again, part of that is like, it doesn't even go on my channel, but I love Halloween so much. I just want to, it gets me excited to see that stuff. Yeah. I want to help other people feel excited about it. Um yeah. I mean, I mean, not everybody obviously likes it to, to the level that we do, but it, to me, it's exciting. It's like one month of the year that you can really like get excited like this about horror shit. Yeah, and, uh, and to me, it kicks off holiday season, right? Like, yeah, can't wait for Thanksgiving. Obviously, Christmas is amazing, you know. So, just a great time of year. But yes, everybody tonight, be careful, you and your little ones. Be cautious. Check your candy. No, um, don't check your candy. Why check your candy? You're supposed to check it in. No, year. you're not. Dude, nobody puts razors in candy and nobody puts drugs. Because if they did put drugs, I would be going trick-or-treating myself. Uh, thank you. No one's talking about free <laughs> drugs. We're talking about poisoning people. <laughs> Who's going to do that? Oh, and how are you going to know there's poison in there, Adrian? Dude, I got a method. So if, <laughs> if it's if it's packed, right? If there's those little packages, right? Uh-huh. Like a Snickers, a, a Kit Kat. If you squeeze it, uh-huh. And you feel it has air in there, it's unfucked with. If you squeeze it and there's no air, you toss that bitch because you don't know if there's Wait, a puncture hole somewhere. Sque- keep Look doing the squeezing this. motion. I, I just filmed, move it, your hand up and down a little I just, bit as I you just, do. <laughs> I just filmed your hands. Oh. <laughs> Be on the lookout on our whatever page we have. You're going to get to see what I'm talking about, Paul's hands. But yeah, I, if you squeeze it and it's got air in it, it's unfucked with. If the air is popped, you don't want to chance it. No, to me, if the air's popped, that just means that it's from last year's Halloween. And these are cheapskates. You're probably right. 
(laughs) Save that that shit for next year, honey. (laughs) Nasty bastards. I don't know. I just find it hard to believe that a lot of the shit that we were brought up being told about Halloween candy is such fucking bullshit. I don't chance it when it comes to my kids, dude. They get mad because all the shit that I say, nope, you can't have this one, you can't have this one, and I'm the one eating it the next yeah. day. <laughs> I thought you oh, threw that man. away. I but, think uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a candy hangover tomorrow. Duh, but, um, you're supposed to. Yeah. All right. But, thank you, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.